Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Keith Craft. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. And put your hand over your heart. And if you're a guest with us, let me just say this, that we're not saying the Pledge of Allegiance. But we put our hand over our heart because we speak from our heart. Whether you realize it or not, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. And so today we're going to agree on some some things together. So follow me along on the screen. Say it with me. I am who God says I am, a child of God, the righteousness of God. I am the apple of God's eye. I am God's workmanship created for good works. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today I open up my mind to receive the word of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way God intended for me to live. Let's lift up holy hands, say it with me. Come Holy Spirit, help me elevate my thinking so I can elevate my life in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Well, hey, greet somebody and tell them you're glad they're here and they're looking good. So glad to be with you today. And um, we had about 75 people that went to Israel with us. And Sheila, did you have, hey, Sheila, did you have our, uh, if I could get Sheila's attention. You and your little personal sister having your little party down here. Uh, no, but seriously, did, did you have our uh, people that went to Israel stand? All right, so if you went to Israel with us and you're in this service, stand up. Would you do that right now? Let's give these people a gigantic hand. Because here's what I know. They're a little bit tired today. So you can be seated, and uh, you know, we, we, I don't even know how long that flight was, 18 hours or something crazy, and um, anyway, we had a great, great time. So we brought a little bit of Israel back with us, I'm going to show you a little clip today of what we did and where we did, what we did, and it's going to be great, but let me just say this, I, today I'm going to give you one life lesson uh, from our trip in Israel for me, what God, I feel like God spoke to me. Uh, and then we're going to come back in January, and we're actually going to do a series called The History or The His Story of the Future. And we're going to tie in different elements of what, what, we, what we saw happen in Israel, and it's going to be very, very powerful. And so that'll start us off in 2018. And by the way, how many of you know 2018 is going to be a great year? But we're going to finish 2017 strong. And... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak that over your life by the end of this service as we finish the last weekend of October. I want to also say on a personal note today, it's my baby's um, birthday. It's Whitney's birthday. Where is she? There you are. I was looking for you. So it's Whitney's birthday. How old are you today? 27 years old. You'll always be my baby. Already given me two grandbabies, one on the way. You feeling that right now? Where's Clay? Clay, get with it. Get busy. Get jiggy with it. That's a church saint. Anyway, so, all right. Okay. But anyway, happy birthday, baby. So I love you. And Anybody else have a birthday today? Happy birthday to you, too. So, uh, but, uh, but anyway, we, uh, I brought a video back. But I, I want to just say one thing. One of my takeaways was we went to the Temple Mount, and that is... That is where if you see a picture of Israel, you see this gold dome. And uh, when, we, when we walked up there, I wish I could tell you that I just felt the presence of the Lord because that was the first um, you know, temple of Solomon that was built, but that's not what I felt. Um, I kind of felt grieved, actually, in my spirit because 
there are two mosques on top of the Temple Mount. And, and while, again, I say this with all due respect, God, you know, I, I think about the Edmund Burke quote that says, the only way for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And I'm not saying that all Muslims are evil by any means, but what I am saying is this, is that God gave that land to the children of Israel and to uh, the Jewish nation. And I, I, I want to just say that we believe that all the way. And, uh, but when, when we don't do our job as believers, let me just tell you something, somebody will take dominion. And God has called us to take dominion in the earth. Let me just say that. He's called us to take dominion in the earth. So thank you to those of you that went with us. And just want to just give you really a few life lessons from Israel uh, today. And actually just one. And then I'm going to come back in January. And like I said, we're going we're gonna to preach on the, his story of the future. And it's going to be great. Uh, you know, our guide, she was a wonderful lady, a Jewish lady, who uh, taught us really so much about the history as we were going to these different places. And um, one day she was just casually talking about her family and where she came from. And, um, and I could tell you the story, but I just want to show you one more little short video before I uh, actually give the message because I want her to, t to say it in her own words about the family that she came from. About, you know, when you go to Israel, two things happen. First of all, you see the fifth gospel. You see the word of God come alive. You begin to read the word differently and see the word differently. But then you also meet people who are actually Jews and who have not only lived their, their whole lives, but do you realize that the nation of Israel is the only country in the history of the world that ceased to be a country and then became a country again in 1947. Usually when a country is annihilated, then and, and you'd never hear about it again. But again, in 1947, Israel became uh, a nation again, and they fought several wars since then to keep that status as a nation. But, but the second thing that you really uh, get to see in Israel is you meet those people and you meet people of the Bible and you meet people of the Holocaust. And that, that was what was so, one of the fascinating things to me is that one day our God's just talking about her family and here she was a survivor, her family, a survivor of the Holocaust. And uh, I'll let her say it in her own words. Just one short video, watch this. I'm with our tour guide, but more importantly, my new sister of choice, Marion Bleiberg. And you know what? You have a very interesting story that I know that our people would love to hear about your family and Israel. So just talk about that for a minute. So um, I was uh, born and raised in Belgium in a city called Antwerp. And uh, when I was 11 years old, I went to play with one of my non-Jewish friends and she started to take out all kind of objects and uh, clothing from a trunk. And she said, this is for my grandma, this is for my grandfather. Went back home, said to my dad, daddy, how come we don't have all kind of stuff from grandma and grandpa? My father said, your grandma and grandpa were killed in the war. So I said, daddy, my grandpa and grandma were soldiers. And my father said, no, they got killed because they were Jewish. Jewish. Actually, my father was a Holocaust survivor. He was arrested by the Nazis, and uh, he went to a very hard labor camp, jumped out of the, of the train, and was saved. Uh, my father was a very strong man, and he inspired me very much, and he is the inspiration behind my choice to come and live and explore my Jewish identity here wow. in Israel, in the Holy Land. It's amazing. And then on your mom's side. 
my mom's side, uh, thanks God, nobody got killed, but they had to run away, flee uh, from uh, Belgium to France. From France, they walked up the Pyrenees Mountains to Spain, were blocked in Spain for a while, went to Portugal, from Portugal to Mozambique in Africa, and finally ended up here in Palestine. Uh, but everybody was safe, nobody got killed, but also a lot of uh, trauma. Yeah, so on her mother's side, no one was killed. On her father's side, everyone was killed except her father. So we're so glad you're here. And we're so glad, glad we're you. so glad to learn about this land. We're so glad to to know that 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 during what we call the Holocaust, that and you guys we call it the Shoah, but it's just another word for the same concept. Yeah, that means suffering. Shoah means total annihilation, annihilation. catastrophe, catastrophe. Uh, that that here here we're literally standing with a legacy of someone whose family survived. And so, anyway, it's been a grateful, great trip. We're grateful to that you've been our guide and, uh, and she's our new sister from Israel. So we love you. We're having an amazing trip. You guys are an amazing group from Texas and I want to see many more like you next and, year in and, Jerusalem. And so how do we say Elevate Life Church? I want them to hear you say it. Laalot, Knesiat Laalot et Achaim. Aliyat Achaim. Knesiat Aliyat Achaim. Say it one more time. Knesiat Aliyat Achaim. Beautiful. Next, next year in Jerusalem. All right. God bless you. Knesiat Aliyat Achaim. Welcome to Elevate Life and Not Average Life Church. Y'all ready to grow to another level today? Come on. We're going to get a word from God. So... I just wanted you to hear that story because how crazy her father was on the train to Auschwitz and he jumped off. He knew he would never see his wife again. He knew he would never see his children again. He knew he would never see his family again. And yet he survived. And so when she was telling that story, I was bawling my eyes out. I turned to Sheila. I go, I cannot stop crying. And uh, it's just amazing when you go, what you see. So life lessons from Israel. Here's the one life lesson I want to give you today. Our lives are not about a specific place where we are going, but rather a sacred pilgrimage where we are growing. Another way of saying that is your life is not about the destination, but it's about, come on, y'all help me. Your life is not about the destination, but it's about the journey. And so what these guys are holding up are $1,500 checks for anybody that wants one. No, these are, these are notes, which is worth way more than $1,500. So, uh, but, but so oftentimes we don't realize that we are on a journey and it's what happens on the journey that matters most. But yet we have all these dreams and we have these goals and we have destinations in life that we want to reach. And uh, we kind of live not understanding that this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. The greatest thing for me on this trip was not that I got to go to Israel, but it was the people that I got to go to Israel with. And to be able to spend some time with some very special people, one lady that I had the privilege of baptizing, you're going to hear her story in January, was a Mormon for 50 years. And she came to Christ and was baptized in the Jordan River. It was absolutely beautiful. So you're going to hear some great stories, and uh, God's going to do some great things. But uh, our lives are not about a specific place where we're going, but rather a sacred pilgrimage where we are going. Psalms 84, 
Let me just uh, read a couple of verses to you. First, about the New King James Version, the first four verses. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those that dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Welcome to the house of God today. You see, one of the things that that we need to understand and take a look at your notes is that God wants us to grow stronger in our love for God. Psalms 84 verse five through eight goes on to say this in the New Living Translation. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. You see, I got this the first day. It was like it just, it was by revelation that we are pilgrims. The Bible says that several times in scripture that we're pilgrims, that we're foreigners. You see, sometimes we think this is all that there is. Can I just tell you whether you have 70 years, 80 years, in my case, 150 healthy years in the earth. Whether, no matter how much time you have in the earth, you're just a foreigner here. The reality is heaven is your home. That's your destiny. So when the Bible talks about Jerusalem, it's in the context of, yes, a place called Jerusalem, but also symbolically, Jerusalem represents the house of God. Jerusalem represents Mount Zion. Uh, Jerusalem represents the church, the tabernacle. And so when we hear this, we have to roll all of those meanings into that. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who've set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. In other words, that are making their lives about the kingdom. Can I tell you something that, 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 that about the Jews? And there may be a, a few natural born Jews among us. We are Jews by faith because we've come to Christ. And the, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things become new. But also the Bible says that in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's no ethnicity. ethnicity. So, so much is made of ethnicity in our world today that there's neither Greek nor Jew. There's neither male nor female. There's neither rich nor poor. There's neither slave nor free. Because in Christ, we are one. There's one Lord. There's one God. There's one kingdom. And God says, I want my people to live like that. And so the Bible says that we're on this pilgrimage. And, and in this pilgrimage, when we walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing. I'll come back to that in a minute. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessings. They will continue to grow stronger. Each of them will appear before the Lord in Jerusalem. O Lord, our God of heaven's armies, hear my prayer. Listen, O God. And then Psalms 84 verses 9 through 12 in the New King James Version. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Everybody say grace and glory. Grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Amen. 
So I want to talk to you about what the Bible says that our strength comes from the Lord who set our minds on a pilgrimage, who understand that life is not just about my four and no more. Life is not just about getting me a job, getting me a wife, getting me a family. Life is not just about me and us. Life is about God. Life is about kingdom. Life is about eternity, not just temporary. You see, we're not just human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And too often times we don't even realize that. We're just going through the motions. We're just going through life. It's another Sunday. Check the box. I went to church. We don't realize that God says those who set their hearts, set their minds on pilgrimage, who don't just make church a part of their life, but who make kingdom their number one focus and certainly that involves coming to church going to church growing together the bible says neglect not the assembling of yourselves together as some do god wants us to understand that it's important for us to come together to gather together in his house and so God wants us to grow stronger. He says, well, our strength will come from the Lord when we've set our minds to Jerusalem. And again, not just about a place, but about a kingdom, the kingdom of our God. So God wants us to grow stronger in our love for God. The Bible says in John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling or his tabernacle in us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus came. He was the Word of God. He became flesh. He became a representation or a representative of the Word of God in the earth, of who God was. And then God says, now Jesus came and he's taken up dwelling in us. He's tabernacled in us. And then the Bible goes on in 1 Corinthians and calls us that you are the temple of God. You're the tabernacle of God. So Jesus is now in me. He's tabernacled with me and in me. And he says, now you are an example of how the kingdom is supposed to operate. When there's darkness, you bring the light. When there's sickness, you bring healing. When there's poverty, you bring wealth. When there's sickness and disease, you bring life and wholeness. And so God wants us to be those kind of people in the earth, yet too often times our belief is shallow. Our commitment to the things of God are shallow. The average evangelical believer comes to church one week out of four, and it's okay. It's just not kingdom. There'll be more children in Frisco, Texas today and more families on the soccer fields, which is the largest soccer complex in the world, if you don't know that. In Frisco, the largest soccer complex in the world will have more people on it today than our churches. What is God saying to us? Can I just tell you, when I was coming home from the airport, I just, it's, it's overwhelming to me. I was only gone for two weeks. It looked like they built another building. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. I'm driving along 121. I go, was that there last week? I mean, it was like... My goodness, it was crazy and cranes everywhere. And then as we're coming off of 121 from the airport and we go over the bridge coming down into Frisco by Ikea, uh, I just noticed all the cranes and all the buildings. And I'm thinking in my mind, this place is exploding. Yet too often times, I mean, when we started our church, this, this city had 28,000. Today it's got more than 168,000. And God called us to build him a house in Frisco, Texas. And he wants us to grow stronger, and it's in your notes, in a passion for his house. For us to give our time, our talent, and our treasure. For this not just to be a thing that we do, but we are, 
We are stewards in the earth. We are God's sons and daughters that make the kingdom happen, not just come to church. We are the church. But this is God's house. Can I tell you, when we came and God laid it on our hearts to come to Frisco, Texas, and we bought these 27 acres. This was Pearson Farms. This was a, just a farm. That's, that's what it was. And there wasn't three banks on the corner. There were no houses across the street. There were certainly no houses behind us. And Frisco was this small little emerging place, but God knew that he had put his hand, watch this, not just on Frisco, but on a church in Frisco to come to this emerging city and to take ownership where God had already marked an X and said, I want you to build me a house in Frisco, Texas because it's coming. For those of you that don't know, we live or you live in an area that is the fastest growing community in the United States of America, the most prosperous nation in the world. We're in the fastest growing city. In Forbes magazine this last week, it said that Frisco is the 16th out of the top 50 cities that are the most desirable to live in. But it's not just Frisco, it's Little Elm, it's Prosper, it's, it's all these areas that God has put us right in the middle of this and said, now it's you, it's our responsibility to establish God's kingdom in this place because of the great things he's already doing here. But it's not about Toyota, I'm grateful for that. It's not about Chase Morgan, I'm grateful for that. It's not about all the companies that are coming here because this is such a great place. His kingdom is eternal, it's without end. We're his sons and daughters and he said I want you to get a passion for it more than just about your job more than just about your family your family of choice elevate life church the kingdom of God let's make an impact for the glory of God he's put us in a great city in a great space in a great place and given us the grace to do what he's called us to do put an amen on that now you can take that seriously or not can I tell you the Jews lost track of it and so what happened is they stopped being a practicing Jew. There's a lot of people, they just grow weary. The Bible says don't grow weary in well-doing for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Why does the Bible say don't grow weary? Because you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to go through some stuff that will take the life out of you. You're going to go through some stuff that you have a chance to grow through so you can have breakthroughs in your life. But if you don't grow through what you go through, then what you go through will take you out, not create a breakthrough. But if you decide to grow through it, Guess what? It'll build, again, the tabernacle in you. You'll become strong, and it'll help people around you become strong. And when we serve alongside other people, when we give alongside of other people, when we take ownership alongside of other people and say, yes, we are stewards of what God's called in this hour to happen in Frisco, Texas, and then God gives us a word, and he says, in 2017, you're going to grow, then we take that word and we say, God, we're ready for that. We're ready to grow, but too often times we just, we don't realize that we're that important. Just like the Jews didn't realize how important they were, and today on the Temple Mount there's two mosques. And let me just tell you, my friends, the Muslims take it very serious. Islam takes it very serious. I stood in the garden tomb, and here we were taking communion, and on purpose, the imams have faced all the speakers right there in Jerusalem towards the garden tomb. And while you're taking communion, the Muslims are praying their prayers. And it's deafening. I stood at the Holy Sepulcher. And literally, the Holy Sepulcher that represents where Jesus was born. A huge church. 
And literally, right there, it was blasting. And they were praying. So the whole time I was praying in the spirit, as loud as I could, people were going, what in the world? I'm just praying. Every time it would come on, I'd just start praying in the spirit. You know why? Because here's what I want to tell you. Watch this now. Don't, don't be politically correct here and be oversensitive about this. I'm telling you right now that there is one true God. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. And we've got to get it and we've got to understand that. And there is a war, a real war, a real war that's going on for the souls of men. And where the, the a 300 foot but the most grandiose building perhaps that's ever been built, David gave in First Chronicles 29, he gave $1 billion of his own money. Then he challenged everybody else to give, and it started with the leaders, and that's always how it starts. It starts with the leaders and then the captains of hundreds and, and, then, and then on down. Everybody gave, and that day over $3 billion came in, and one day it was the largest offering in the history of the world, and they built Solomon's temple, gold for things of gold, silver for things of silver. But let me just say this, that God wants us to grow stronger in our passion for his house. I, I talked to my kids, and I shared this a few weeks ago, but I talked to my kids and Pastor Sheila one day, and we were meeting just as having a family meeting, and even though they're all pastors here, I said, listen, I want you all to follow me. Don't ask me any questions. And I took them outside. They followed me all the way through the church. We went outside, and we got to a place in the parking lot. I said, I want you to turn around. I said, I want you to look. And they looked at the 168,000 square feet that we have right here. They looked at the 27 acres. They looked at the school. They looked at, we, we just looked around. And I said, when your mom and I came to Frisco 17 years ago, a little over 17 years ago, in November of 1999, God put it in our hearts to establish him a house in Frisco, Texas. In 1999, November of 1999, nobody knew little old Frisco, Texas, there was a depot town. There was a one-horse pony town. There was about 28,000 people. And that for years, Preston just had a four-corner stop. Nobody knew what was coming, but God did. God's always future, and he's always thinking about the future because God is a God of the future. Futurists tell us that the future happens in the next five seconds. You've got five seconds to make a decision, and you're into the future. You can sort of just chill and do whatever, then the future goes on without you. Or you can realize we've got five seconds, boom, we're into the future. One, two, three, four, five. So you've got about five seconds to decide, what am I going to do with my future? And you can step towards it, or you can step back, or you can stay in the now, which becomes the past. And too often times, if we are not focused on the kingdom, if we do not grow stronger in our love for God and realize that he has tabernacled with us, he has called us to bring light into a dark world, he's called us to expand his kingdom, then we'll just make our life about what everybody else in Frisco is making their life about. Let's see how big a house as I can get. Let's see how many cars. I, let's, let's see if I can have a good career. Let's see if I can work on my retirement. And then someday I can retire well. And we'll make our life about what everybody else is making their life about. And it's called futility. And then you die and who cares? Or you can realize God's put us on the earth 
for one major cause. Listen, I get to be Sheila's husband. That's not my call in life. That's a get to. I get to be Josh's dad and, and Whitney's dad and, and Keila's dad. I get to be Layla Shayla and Livy Rayleigh. And I get to be uh, little Charlie's grandfather. But that's not why God put me on the earth. God put me on the earth to advance his cause. And I do that through that family first and then through my family of choice second. Come on, God's given us a mission. He's given us an assignment. Let's get a passion for the house of God. Do you know that many of you are new in our church? How many of you uh, have come to our church since 2012? You were not here before 2012. Let me just see your hands. Most of you. So let me just tell you, the seat that you're sitting in, somebody paid for. The parking lot that you parked in today, each one of those spaces cost $1,200. The space that you just pulled into, 1200 bucks a spot. Everywhere that you'll walk today, somebody gave to advance God's kingdom in the earth. And we can come and sit and we can even decide, well, are we going to go today? Or do we just want to go to the soccer fields? Do we want to go to the movies? Do we? Let's take a day off. Or we can understand that Pastor Sheila just made me aware of this more than ever. I was already aware of it. We were there two Fridays. And the Jewish people take it so serious, the Sabbath so serious. All the businesses close at 3 o'clock to get ready for Sabbath that starts about 5 o'clock. They've already prepared all the food because they don't work on Sabbath. And their Sabbath starts at 5 o'clock. Nobody works. Nobody goes plays in ball games. Parents aren't running their kids around to the next extracurricular activity, ECAs. It's a holy time that they separate to God. And by the way, God established the Sabbath. It's not about it being Sunday or Saturday or what's the real Sabbath. It's about in a seven-day period for you to cease from everything else that's about you, which is your job and your labor. And it's about coming to the house of God and putting God first and getting a passion for your love for God and love for God's house and know that you, you, God's called you to live with a transcendent cause, not just for you and so oftentimes we go through life and we don't grow stronger in this we just we just think we're doing good by coming to church hey man don't scream at me I came I'm here <laughs> Josh sometimes after I preach you go dad you were screaming a lot late today I said son that's who I am I've screamed my whole life so as an athlete I screamed I, I just I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about it so if I ever get fired up just know this it's because I have a passion for God. I'm never screaming at you. I'm just saying, hey, God's put eternity in our hearts. Let's do something while we're alive to advance eternity in the earth. He said, our strength comes from the Lord who've set their minds. So in other words, if we don't set our minds, guess what? We don't get strength from the Lord. Who set their minds on the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Who set their minds on the kingdom. And look what, look what the next thing in your notes God wants us to grow stronger in our belief that God will use our pain to promote us. Look what the Bible says. When they walk, who? Those that get their strength from the Lord. Those who understand it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Those who know this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. Those who, who know that it's important to come to the house of God. It's important to participate in the earth. It's up to us to grow the kingdom of God. God says, 
I'll use your pain to actually promote you. The Bible says, when they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. Wow. You know what I discovered over in Israel? I kind of knew it theoretically, but it kind of hit me this time. This is my third trip. I kind of really got it this time. That the reason Jesus talks so much about water is because there's not very much there. It hardly ever rains there. And water is so valuable and so critical to them. So Jesus talked about how, in fact, he met a woman at a well. And he said, what you need is rivers of living water. He talks about in us, John 8, that that out of us will flow rivers of living water. He talks so much about water. He says, I'm the water of life. Why so much about water? Because God wants you to understand that there's going to be times in your life where it's like a desert. There's times in your life where it's, it's like that part of the world. There's times in your, de- in your life where, where things aren't working. And God says, hey, I just want to remind you, if you grow stronger in me, I will take the pain that you go through and I'll cause gain to happen. I'll use your pain to promote you. So again, here's the Bible. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Well, why would the Bible say that? Because sometimes that's what we, we get tired, don't we? It's like, I, I, honestly, guys, I'm just telling you. At 57, I, sometimes I go, man, is it, is it worth it? Like all the time I give, all the money I give, all that. Is it, is it really worth it? I still have those questions. It gets tough sometimes. It's like, man. And so don't grow weary in well-doing, the Bible says, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good, especially to those who are of the household of faith, that God has called us to be good to each other and in the process to be lights of the world. So he says the strong that get their strength from the Lord, who, who understand that they're on a pilgrimage, they am walking through life. I, can I just tell you, God has your life right in his hands right now. God knows your past, he knows your present. And by the way, the Bible says, he says, I know the thoughts that I have for you. It's good and not evil to give you a future and a hope and an expected end. Don't get focused on your pain right now. You know, uh, we were over there and it hadn't rained in a long time. And so we had a bus driver and his name was Benny. And it was so funny because he talked like this. He's Benny. And I was, I was impersonating him the whole time. And then there's a character on Star Wars. And I can't remember the name of the character. You remember the guy? Anybody remember that? Maybe it's, a, it's the thing that flew around, but he talked just like this guy talked. And I was playing it on the bus. But anyway, from Star Wars, Benny. Anyway, it was, it was just so funny. And so we're talking. And, and he, said, he said, at one point in our trip, in the early part of our trip, he said, you know, it hasn't rained in a long time. I said, it's going to rain. I said, when we pray for rain, it rains. And we were going to the airport about 1.30 in the morning a couple of days ago, whenever it was. And he said, oh, I want to tell you, it's, it's going to rain all over Jerusalem starting tomorrow. And I said, yes, of course it's going to rain. So Elevate Life came to town and we left and it is raining in Israel, y'all, in that desert place. And can I just tell you that God wants us to understand that no matter what we go through, you might be going through a very difficult time in your life right now. When you're in the valley of weeping, here's the prophecy. It will become a place of refreshing springs in the name of Jesus. Your tears aren't wasted. The Bible says in another place that God stores them up and he uses your tears to refresh you. God wants you to grow stronger. They'll grow strong in the Lord who set their minds on pilgrimage We'll grow stronger in our, take a look at your notes, our glory and grace. Wow, what does that mean? Well, here's what the Bible says. They will continue to grow stronger and each of them will appear before God. And the Bible goes on to say this, that God becomes our shield 
And the Bible says, if we will desire, like, like David did, to be in the courts more than anywhere else, to be in God's presence, to be in God's house, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in God's house than a thousand places elsewhere. The Bible says that God will become our son, he'll become our shield, and he will give grace and glory. Can I just tell you something? I'm going to make a prophetic announcement. God is bringing his glory and his grace in your life. You say, Keith, what does that mean? That means his presence is going to come in your life like never before. You know, when God gave me this word about grow, I didn't know that there was going to be so much pruning involved. I remember one time we were going through to Modesto and I had about 100 mighty men with me and we were doing a men's conference there. And all of a sudden we started going past these vineyards and I said, stop the car. We all got out of the car and we were walking through these vineyards and some of them were overgrown and there was so much fruit on those vineyards. And then there was row after row after row that they had pruned and cut back the vine. And it looked like they were almost dead, but that's part of the process of growing. So I announced in the name of Jesus on October 29th, Whitney's birthday, that the pruning is over in the name of Jesus. And beginning November 1st, in Jesus' name, the harvest is coming your way. I want you to get ready. God's about to open some doors that have never been opened for you. God's about to bring some things to pass that you've been praying for, that you've been believing for. And in the name of Jesus, he has given you his glory and his glory is gonna come on your house. It's gonna come on your business. Come on, I'm prophesying right now. Come on, it's gonna come upon you, but not just his glory but also his grace. What is his grace? It's the power of God to do things God's way. So right now with uplifted hands, let's just say, God, give me your glory. Give me your grace like never before. And God, we receive it in the name of Jesus. And guess what? In his house today, he is rewarding your presence. And in the name of Jesus, his presence is coming into your house, into your business, into your life like never before. I want you just to receive that. I want you to take it because here's the promise when he gives you his glory when we grow in his grace he said I will not withhold any good thing from you there's good things that are coming your way there's good things that are coming your way thanks for listening to this week's podcast make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book Your Divine Fingerprint and visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church